Shady Shores, Texas, weighing 222 pounds, welcome Kevin Von Eric. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. pretty good this go around hopefully uh -huh. right right johnny man how's it going i'm doing good i'm doing good i'm gonna spare everyone the story i uh told with our our first attempt at recording this because no one needs to hear about that <laughs> no that's awesome no, they don't yeah i don't i don't even want to hear the story again either so that's uh, that's fair uh did any of you guys happen to watch the uh the nwa uh website web show when they dropped uh the houston uh yep. episode yeah, I did. Well, how fun was that? That was cool because yeah, I knew there was going to be commercials from the time. Yeah. In, but I didn't. I, I thought it was. It wouldn't be just all the Houston area ones for some reason. So yeah, it was interesting seeing it just all these nonstop TV rental and furniture commercials and. Yeah, that was fun. Paul and Paul Boss all over it. Yeah, exactly. Doing yeah, one after the next. And so was it an actual like episode and not a few episodes put together, or because it seemed like they kept jumping all over the place? But I don't know. I'm not familiar with how they did. I think TV. what it was was it was a best of Houston wrestling. Right. That makes Which sense. was yeah. they, they would air it on the weekend on a week. I think they'd wear it on. I'm, I'm not. Don't quote me. But I thought they'd air them on Saturday mornings a lot, where it was like the best of, and they'd you know they. So I think it was a regular episode, uh, but they did the best of with the Paul Bosch and the uh, 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 and stuff. But 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 the matches, Gino and. Uh, uh, the Gino match and the uh, Tiger Conway matches, they I thought they were on the same card, weren't they? I'm not sure. Um, I just know the show started with a, like it was like a document, or it seemed like it was going to be a documentary on Paul Bosch for the first 
10 minutes or so. Okay, and yeah, that's totally the thing. What, what, that, what they did there was that was a news piece uh, called, uh, I forget, with the Eyes of Texas. That was something that they did in Texas on a, uh, during the 80s and, and mm. maybe early 90s. And so Paul Boss was a, was a piece, and they re-aired it on Houston Wrestling. Mm. Uh, my main takeaway from the footage was seeing superstar Billy Graham in 1980, where he's like got to be near, I don't know what, 300 pounds. He was huge. Never seen him so big. Looked like Triple H. Yeah. Looked like Hunter, didn't he? But well, he looked like yeah, he looked like a power lifter, and that's what he was doing. I think a lot at that time. He had kind of uh, yeah. got away from wrestling. He was doing strongman contests and uh, maybe powerlifting, and but. The look also, he has the, the shaved head, but with a beard and a gray, a salt yeah. and pepper beard. So, I, yeah, he was kind of like not caring uh, about his appearance as much. <laughs> it didn't look like. And then I asked, like I was watching it with a friend over Skype and I asked him, you know, I brought up the point, like, did Graham lose his hair in a hair versus hair match? Because I don't think he did. Like, I've never heard that before. But he totally shaved his head at some point. Um, and you would have thought he would have lost it or put it up in a hair versus hair match to draw a big house, but I don't think he did. But I guess just like Hunter, he just shaved his head randomly one day. and Yeah. But So that yeah, was fascinating. He was it anyway. Because yeah, of the, the, true. But, I mean, he was known for the yeah. long blonde hair. You'd you'd want to uh, make some money off that. Yeah. But, you know, by the thinking of you'd that think. time, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no doubt. No doubt about that. You know, and I actually enjoyed that Billy Graham match. Uh, I saw Missy Hyatt just shitbagged all over it, <laughs> but I, I actually like I like Graham stalling in it, and uh, and a lot of the bully. He didn't take one single. I thought for a match that went 27 minutes and didn't have a single bump from the man, I thought that was a pretty entertaining match. But uh, yeah, maybe I was just maybe I was just so happy to get some new new Houston footage. That was a match that had never been seen. Right. Or it wasn't part of the Bruce Tharp uh, archives anyway. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's one of the longer Billy Graham matches ever put to tape, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, agreed. And uh, I think Johnny would have been out of field day with all this Paul Bosch uh, commercials and stuff. And uh, it was, yeah, you, if you have time, John, you should maybe check it out. Um, yeah, uh, it, 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 to be perfectly honest with you, I'm like my interest in wrestling is at an all time low <laughs> right now, just because of, of everything. So I'm just like, okay. However, hearing that it's full of commercials and Paul Bosch stuff, I'll probably well check it out because you know everyone knows who listened to me and Pete do Space City, how much I love Paul Bosch to to the point where I was listening to uh, Jim Ross's uh, podcast recently and he was. He was talking some shit, throwing some shade on Paul Bosch about some stuff, which was probably totally true. Yeah. Yet I still didn't care. I was like, I don't give a shit, man. He was teaching us the the womanly art of self defense. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Jim Ross. So yeah, so he big timed you when you were a fat little nobody working for Watts. This is Paul Bosch, motherfucker. He owns that town. Yeah, it was. He, he so actually, Pete. He actually brought up something we pointed out because it was one of those ones where, when he was working with Watts, and the um, and and they were at ringside, and we noticed this, and they only had one microphone, 
Yes. And they're passing it back and forth. I remember you and I noticed that, and that's what Jim Ross was being pissed off about because Paul Bosch was controlling the microphone yeah. and yeah. pulling it away from him and shit like that, which I thought, I thought, which I loved. I was like, good. Yeah, I I think you I think you enjoy it, but you know if you don't have the time, totally understand. But I I think it'd be worth your while. I was hoping the NWA would do a couple more of those, but they uh, yeah. they didn't. So uh, no. you know maybe maybe in the future they might. Uh, I have no idea how it did. Uh, you know comparatively, I know they didn't really look, uh, but they were, they were they were showing more of the their build to their last year's Crockett Cup. Uh, because this year's one, you know, got canceled because of the the COVID nineteen, uh, you know, what's going on. We're, we're all everywhere and stuff. And uh, but hey, I can't really dwell on stuff. There's so many other important things in life right now. Uh, so like right now, we're talking Star Wars, December Star Wars, uh, and we're gonna. I'm gonna. I guess we're. I'm gonna go in, in in the order I thought the card was. But Kelly thought it was a. The main event was the tag, which that to me makes more sense. So I'll actually move the the tag match into the main event slot. Um, Loser leave town tag match, which makes sense since that had all the high had the big stakes in it. Uh, but hey, it opens up with Missing Link versus Johnny Man. Oh yeah. And this card drew 19,675. Nice, nice draw mm-hmm. uh, in, in Texas. Uh, that's the number you came up with, too, Kelly, right? Yeah, yeah. It was their third show of the year in Reunion Arena, and they all did almost 20,000. So just they had a huge year. And I don't think they – I'm not sure if they sold out Reunion Arena again, to be honest with you, after this. Maybe they did, but I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. So yeah, yeah, you know, I can see that the Freebirds were a huge draw, man, and they never yeah. the territory was enjoyable even after they left for a while, but it was never the same uh, no. money drawing wise. Uh, I, you know, this is my least favorite of all the Star Wars shows I think they ran this year, and you know, not having Michael Hayes on the show legitimately. Uh, spoiler, we'll talk about it. It shows up, uh, but uh, it just it just didn't feel the same. It is still the card felt, you know, like they're starting in different directions and ending in directions. So it was just a weird card. I felt last year's uh, show had a lot more spark to it, if you will. But we'll we'll talk about them and we'll get into it by talking about the matches. And it opens up with the missing link. Who now has complete? He has the the turn is complete. He has all the green face paint. He is the missing link we've known and loved as if you grew up watching world class versus cowboy Johnny Mantell. What do you think, Kelly? This match, man. Uh, this wasn't bad for what it was. It, it, this was the actual opener, according to the wrestling data card that I'm looking at. Tell yeah, tell the crowd what we meant, what show, what match did we skip in that didn't show up? Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we have seven out of the eight matches, and the one that didn't make TV was this sounds like it would have been a barn burner, fellas. Mike Reed versus the Mongol, and went 13 minutes and 49 seconds, and Mike Reed actually went over in this match. Which yeah, uh, if we if we yeah. got that if we got that match Johnny might have like really gone into the dire depths <laughs> of uh, 
wrestling out of not caring yeah. about wrestling. Well, I would have been happy to see. I would have been happy to see Mike Reed beat the Mongol. I mean, that would have been like, hey, great. Not, not thirteen minutes of that thirteen shit, minutes. Yeah, thirteen minutes of that shit. I mean, Bill Mercer would have to be on fire with his stupidity, which he probably was because we'll get into it. This show is Mercer at his all-time mercerist. It's something else. Yeah. Catchphrase. Uh, if you ever use that catchphrase again, that's uh, a quarter <laughs> for Johnny Sauer. Every time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Kelly, now let's get back to the match. Okay. And, and the reason Reed went over, it's not because he's going to be super push 84, inheriting it from Johnny <laughs> Mantel. It's because the yeah, Mongol. <laughs> the Mo- you. It's, well, I said it wasn't because of that, because the Mongol was leaving town, obviously. Um, so he was doing jobs to everybody, and uh, Mike Reed included, which is maybe he didn't uh, uh, make that great of an impression with um, the Candyman on his way out or something. I don't know. It seems funny that Reed got to go over him on a huge card, too, of all places. Anyway, so now to what we have. We have The Missing Link, Johnny Mantell. We have God Bless America, sung by Ralph Pulley, to start things off. Does it... Doesn't Ralph Pulley look like a youth pastor? Just, <laughs> he just—maybe he, he was. Screams, he screams Texas youth pastor. Yeah, uh, and his singing is horrible. It he, is bad. He's terrible. <laughs> he can't. I mean, he, I mean, he, he could carry a tune, sure. Like he, he could carry a tune. It's God bless America. It's the easiest of all the patriotic songs to sing. So he needed to do the easiest one, and even then, it sucked. <laughs> He's terrible. So you're trying to tell me he wouldn't made it made it on your uh, your your old uh, stomping grounds at the dinette uh, acting theater place? Oh, at the dinner theater, he yeah he, he, he could have been in the chorus definitely. Oh, I mean, yeah. we, we didn't have a lot of great voices. Okay, I, I myself was I myself was not one of the great voices in that choir. Only when I was doing solos like in, in the voice of my character, but. Yeah, in the background, when it was time for the chorus to sing, at one point, the music director, Mary Lou, who I love her, she just said, just move your lips. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> so, and under her breath, she's right. She says, you tone-deaf motherfucker. No, <laughs> she just rea- no, she just realized I never learned how to – she's like, well, you're the alto, and you're the tenor, and you sing down here, and you sing up here. And I was like, I've never been trained to do that, and I'm old. So I'll just – <laughs> my lips i'll just move my lips for this i'll lip sync but but when it comes to you know the solos and stuff i'll you know i'm gonna steal the show because come on it's me. you're johnny sorrow yeah go on. all right so Sorry, Kelly, that's, that's that's fine we had to analyze the voice of reunion arena ralph pulley because this may be the last time this was very important yeah, that's, this was that's, very important to me that's patreon level patreon level <laughs> shit right there <laughs> Yep. Uh, okay, so this is uh, Christmas night. This is Star Wars. So what music do we get first? Well, the theme of 2001 A Space Odyssey, of course. I know. It, it, I, I thought they were immediately going. I knew you had said that the Flair carry, uh, Kevin uh, David match was later on uh, in the, the yeah, watch yeah, list yeah. of shows on the network. And I'm like, why are they doing it now? That's Flair's music. And you're right, it's exactly that. But I have to, now that you bring that up, before you get to the match, Kelly, during that, they play the whole song, and it goes totally dark. 
So it's a dark screen with some camera flashes, and they're playing all of that of the 2001. And I guess they were doing some sort of laser light show, or yeah, there was a big yeah. disco ball, or or you know, it was like seeing Pink Floyd at the Planetarium all stone. Yeah. But here's what Bill Mercer said: This is the greatest thing Bill Mercer's ever done, ever. He's tr- trying to describe this to the, the audience at home, and he goes, "You can't tell, but there are hundreds of small lights." flashing around the reunion and it gives an eerie effect of little satellites coming across our stellar systems flashing over here at reunion in a galaxy of lights and excitement that sets up for a galaxy of wrestling stupendous battles and the crowd is about as eclectic as this wrestling Star Wars introduction. I had to rewind this 18 times to get all of that because <laughs> I couldn't believe my ears. I was like, what? Wow. So you, wow. So, you thought, so you thought that was better than his coverage of the JFK assassination? Uh, I, I don't know. This I, He didn't miss a beat with this utter nonsense. And it went not, it, one of the entirety of the song, Little Satellites. He's tripping. <laughs> Bill Mercer is on acid. It, it makes me wonder show. how he would have handled the JFK assassinations on television. Oh, yeah. It would have been, oh, can, you imagine, can you imagine him explaining the Saputa film? <laughs> As you see, the president's, the back of his head explodes into many little satellites across our stellar systems. <laughs> and in the back of Governor Connolly's hair. And there's Jackie. The satellites of brains surrounding her here in downtown Dallas, Texas. Ugh, boy. <laughs> Back to the match. Back really. to the match. Um, wow. I've only said that twice now. I know. <laughs> it's such a it's such a match. It, it deserves all this time. Well, yeah. I mean, it's 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 it's. I mean, Mantel gets a lot of offense. He, of course, was was the brother of the Booker, so he's protected. This was the final nail of Super Super Push three or eighty three. Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting my uh, my uh, pay per views confused or whatever. Late eighties pay per views. Um, and he has Mantel has his own cheering section. Give him that. There's three ladies and it's called fans. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> three ladies in winter coats chanting "Go Johnny Go." And, oh, yeah, it's apparently very cold in Reunion, because they show the yeah. crowd, everyone's in their winter coats, and it was three it was three ladies, two of them are in thick winter coats, and one's in a green sweater, and they love them some Johnny Mantel. Yeah, so he's got that to fall back on, um, but yeah, like I said, yeah, a ton of offense before finally succumbing, so it wasn't a squash, but the link goes over strong at the end, and he's got a big year coming up. Johnny Mantel, probably not so much. All right, here, Kelly. I'm going to interject here then and explain <laughs> okay. this thing here. Sure. This is a really fun opener, and it's it's all because of the psychology of Mantel. He's playing the cat and mouse game. He duck hidden to move in. I liked all of that. I loved Mantel's reactions to Missing Link. Oh, they were fantastic. The story of Mantel trying to to uh, 
to use his speed uh, and then meant, you know, taking like, boom, take the punch in the leg and moves. Stick stick a move, stick a move. Oh, punch. Oh, drop kick move. Oh, and he's constantly in motion. It was a solid squash. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, and I thought it was a good match to get Link over, get over a guy who is, you know, a, a middle card guy. Uh, you know, don't let Kelly spin <laughs> data to you about super pushes. Uh, this guy just lost the curtain jerker to Star Wars. There's not much of a, that's not much of a push. Um, well, I said it was the final yeah, nail in the in the super push. It's yeah, over. This ain't this ain't Eric Watts, okay? This ain't Shane McMahon headlining fucking WrestleMania, right here. Are getting the most time in WrestleMania? Uh, I I enjoyed it for what it was. I but I thought I thought Mantel made it made it uh, made the made it work because of the psychology what was in the match. Now, John, over to you. Um, I like this match because as soon as I saw Missing Link had the green face. And the hair poofed out, and I was like, all right, here we go. I've been looking forward to this. And uh, I was just wondering, did, did Fritz take him aside? You need to be green. Green. Missing <laughs> links are green. You know. <laughs> him with the candy man. One of them told him. Uh, fucking Mercer, three times in this match, he calls the missing link an apparition. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, a, a ghost. Yeah. That's a ghost, you stupid motherfucker. Uh, he does. He calls John Mantell the exciting John Mantell, which I was like, you lying son of a bitch. But he was good in this match because I, I agree with Pete. I thought this match was a lot of fun. The crowd is super hot. And oh, and when they showed those, the chicks going, go, Johnny, go, go, Johnny, go. Mercer does get in a line I, I truly enjoyed. He goes, hey, if they had a guitar, they could maybe make some music. I was like, but, A for effort. A for effort for that. It's the Mandrell sisters joke or whatever he was going for. Apparition. But then he says this about the link. <laughs> I, I love. He says, nobody knows anything at all about the link. He just suddenly appeared and wandered in here. <laughs> he just suddenly appeared. It just appeared at what? Like an apparition. At the sportatorium. Like an apparition. He just, just suddenly there's a giant muscular man with blue eyes and a green face. And he just wandered in from the streets. And we said, let's make him a wrestler. That's <laughs> great. Um, and then he said, cause Link's doing the thing where he grabs the tuft of hair on the back of his head. We talked about that last time. You know, we all used to do that as kids. Yeah. And Mercer keeps saying that he's grabbing his forelocks. Number one, he, I, he's making up forelocks. Number two, wouldn't the forelock be the hair in the front by the forehead and the hair in the back be, I don't know, the back locks? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know hair anatomy, but that, that sounds sounds logical. John. I mean, if he's making up the forelock, because when he first said it, I was looking down at my notes and I looked up to see if the link was grabbing his hair in the front, but he no, he wasn't. But then again, asking two ball guys what the terminology. Uh, but then again, not like he had much hair to go with it either. So forelock. three ball guys debating uh, hair. Well, still forelocks. Uh, I love Link's weird bumping. Some people would call that kind of like lazy bumping, the way he just kind of like waves his arms and falls down sideways and stiff on his back. I think it plays into the character. I I've always 
I liked it. I think it's weird and it plays in for a weird character. And he's in full missing link weird character mode in this match. He's showing super strength and doing things oddly throughout the match. And I loved him. Uh, although I was listening, I was watching with earbuds in, which is always a treat because I clearly heard Bronco Lubitsch call the missing link Robertson. <laughs> Get off the ropes, Rob. He's like, you know, Get him off the ropes, Robertson. I think he took him aside and said, Jesus Christ, Bronco. <laughs> I'm the link now. <laughs> but I, I love this. I thought this was a lot of fun. Awesome. And that transitions us into this interview oh boy. with Brian Adias and Iceman Parsons. And wow, <laughs> what a difference in promo ability we see here and, <laughs> and, and, and charisma and dynamic. I mean, and it's funny, one's black and white. It's almost like the it's like the opposite world here. Uh, what what do you think of this, John? Brian Adias looks like Dave Meltzer's yeah. like older cousin or something. <laughs> yeah. here. Just, total, totally the hair. Because I know Dave. Because I know Dave's Dave's a, a, not a tall dude, but uh, so Adias isn't tall, but he looks just like Meltzer here. It's hilarious. And maybe Dave even had a, a red members only jacket like Brian Adias is sporting here. Looking like such an asshole. So yeah, Iceman's in his blue, you know, ring entrance gear, blue and white, which uh, looks sweet, the, the powder blue. You know, and, you know, Iceman's doing like, oh, sucker, I'm going to get even with you. And he's pointing at the burn. And this at this point, he's pointing at the burn. I'm like, okay, that's makeup. I think that is, I think it is makeup. Yeah. At least it was here. It was definitely here. Um, and he cuts a good fired up promo about what they're going to do with the Super D's. So they go to Brian, Mr. Mister Personality Adias. He goes, what do you think about this, Brian? He goes, well, you heard my friend here. And together, we can't be stopped. Not even by the Super D's. That's it. That's exactly what he hit. I don't even know if he had that much energy with what he was saying here. Well, you heard him. Yeah. And that's it's you gotta hear this. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I've heard corpses have more energy than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, it's my friend here, my my African American friend here, you know, he certainly has a point and we're gonna boy, those super D short probably are tough enough, but you know and then it gets to Akbar and he's like Adidas. They keep calling they can't help but calling him Adidas. Yeah. Uh, Adidas. Uh and he's got the super D's behind him in their masks. And their tights and their fucking capes, which I goddamn love. And I'm looking at this because Akbar just screams a bunch of shit. It's nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. It's typical. But what made it so great and the fact that it was typical helps. I'm looking at two giant men in matching gold masks with green stars in tights with one strap with writing on their legs wearing big red fucking capes and a dude from Texas dressed up like an Arab yelling about what his men are going to do to you, you know, in a Texas accent or definitely not an Arabian accent at all. And I was like, this is what sitcoms think wrestling is. Like when we were growing up, like this is wrestling. You know, it, it's so ridiculous. Every aspect of it. Whenever they do wrestling on a sitcom back in the day, it'd be shit like this. 
which I love. I love it. I just, if you could get a still shot of Akbar yelling at the camera while the super D's are behind him in capes, that, and just put, this is wrestling. I just put that out there in social media. I loved, I loved it. Kelly, what's your takeaways from the interviews? Uh, well, I'll go with the Dave Meltzer talking point and take it a bit further, maybe. Okay. Because um, Meltzer was living in Texas at this time and, and was going to these shows. He may have even been at this show. So uh, so he was caught. Cop- so Dave Meltzer was copying Brian. And I, 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 I want to I want to start saying? the rumor that Dave Meltzer's 80s look was inspired by Brian Adias. I think you did. I think you got it. I think you're on something. Yeah, I think so. And that which is the ultimate irony, because, of course, Meltzer probably well, you'd think he would have hated Adias for being so bland and, and not even, you know, not a good worker either. But he loved his hair. He just couldn't help it. He had mm-hmm. to steal his hairstyle. So that's so like, go go that's back what and I look. Happened. Go back. At, somebody needs to go back at old observers and see if he's like weirdly uh, nice to Brian Adias's in ring work, and we'll know <laughs> yeah. that he secretly had a crush on Brian Adias. That's the giveaway right there. Yeah, I'm gonna research if he, that. If he was if he was standing next to Adias, it would look like Doctor Evil and Mini Me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay, that's all I have about the promos. Okay, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm like uh, Adidas's promos. It was like my Parsons starts off hot. Adidas takes the promo segment down. Then our Ak- Akbar kind of finishes it up strong. I like the Super D's all menacing behind Akbar. It all worked for me. Um, but by God, Adidas, they should just—I don't know—he brings nothing to the table. That leads us to the Super D's versus Iceman and then Brian Adias. Kelly, what do you think of this match? Well, I'm going to continue ragging on Brian Adias for a bit here because that's what my notes are for the first bit. So my first note is Adias is the anti-good old Al for me. Remember good old Al Madrill? <laughs> like, uh-huh. I, I, loved, like, I loved Al even though he was nothing special. Adias, I just I can't stand him. It, it's almost like... Adias, it- no, go ahead. Adidas is the whitewashed. He's the whitewashed Almadril. He's everything Almadril isn't. There, he, he's bl- a bland white guy with no personality and a mediocre worker. Almadril was an exciting uh, Latin American man with a ton of personality and a little skill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Al was boring, but he at least had some fire to him. Fucking Adidas has got Zippo. Exactly, and that's my next point. My nickname for Al or for. Uh, Brian Adias is the human sleeping pill. So that's... Uh, Ooh, that okay. There we go. Because this man... Yeah. This... The first... like, Well, okay. 90% of Adias's offense in this match is a headlock. It, it's almost like he's a beginner wrestling in his first few weeks. Um, he's got hardly anything else. Mm-hmm. This match, the first 10 minutes is a, is a baby face shine by the good guys. Um, and it's headlock city. Even... Iceman can't help it, but God, Adias just keeps going back to it, and I just I couldn't believe. But at least life. Ice would change it up a little bit by yeah. throwing a drop kick. Or, yeah. Or with the head by Yeah, Adias was all grab the hold and hold on for dear life. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was a bit of deer in the headlights being in front of such a large crowd. I don't know, but it it was yeah it was so oh, that was boring. The, you know what? No. 
that was the go-to at the time, though, with so many of these matches. It was always during these things, during the first whole half of it, the baby face there's, goes into a fucking headlock, and then they break it up with some a little bit of a shit happens, and it's right back to the headlock. Yeah, but that's it's what Ice was doing. He was working spots exactly, around it. Exactly. Uh, it's it's how you, the DS was just holding on for dear life. I that's mean, it. It's... It, it, it's I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is one of those old school type matches. The baby, the baby face is going to lay around in either a headlock or an arm bar, which is, doesn't have anything to do with how you win this match. It's just what they do. But how do you, what do you do around it? Iceman does a lot of great shit around it. Ryan Atias just sits there. Yeah. No, okay. So I'm done now with Atias. He tags at Iceman. Iceman has a nice house of fire. Does some pretty good bumping around the ring. Crowd gets into it at this point. And um, the Super D's really don't get much heat at all. Um, and then Iceman wins with a flash small package. And they mm. win the tag belts. And this is where things... Now I'll go back to Adias because this is my favorite part of the match. Well, it's technically... Right. I part. know what, exactly what your favorite <laughs> part of this match is. Technically the <laughs> post-match. But Adias, after the, the match is over, gets tossed over the top rope by both Super D's. To the floor, and that I popped for that. Watching this, just head first. <laughs> yeah, head first. Yeah, head first. It, it looked like they were. It looked like they were giving him a double snake eyes in you know yeah. in Kevin Nash's old move into the turnbuckle, and they just went up a little higher and said "fuck you, buddy," and tossed him head first right to the concrete. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. Um, so Iceman's now getting uh, getting a beat down. He ate a huge superplex. And then now, here's the bad idea. He comes in, makes the save, and then celebrates with both tag belts like an asshole while Iceman yes. is, is out of it completely. <laughs> um, but that's, that's you know, that's what's to be expected from someone like Brian Adias. Anyway, I don't know. The, I, I, the Adias factor in this match, just I couldn't really get into it. I just don't buy him as on the level of any of these guys. I don't. He sh- sure as hell shouldn't be Iceman King Parsons' tag partner. I mean, who thought that was a good idea? Fuck. And yeah, so whatever. He, uh, the highlight was Adidas getting tossed over the top rope. That made it all worth it. <laughs> I think you're undersolding the, the uh, Super D's heat segment. I thought it was much better than you're giving it credit for, but. Kelly, well, Kelly, it's, it's, it's been like a month or more since I've seen these matches. I watched them all. Before I canceled the network, so yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but my notes tell me Brian Adia sucks, so I went with that. Oh yeah, that that that. No, I'm not going to disagree with that one. What about you, John? Where are you falling on this one, brother? Well, I think I think Kelly is going to be. It doesn't matter what it is. If Brian Adia is in it, it's good. Just Kelly's going to have a hard time with it, apparently. Because yes. wow, you really don't like Brian Adia. I love it. <laughs> I yeah. love it when someone else finds someone they detest. <laughs> yeah, I detest him, um, that's for sure. Adias is like he's when the match starts, he's in a house of fire, he's he does a couple body slams. And uh and much like Meltzer, you know, uh maybe uh Bill Mercer is in on it too. I don't know how to make this point. Mercer says Adias tosses them around like snowflakes. Which I thought was funny, and then you mentioned Meltzer, and I'm thinking tossing around snowflakes, and I couldn't come up with anything on the fly. But you know, someone better than me can. Uh, but then here's where we first see Santa Claus. So Santa Claus is in the crowd, and boy, throughout these next two shows, 
If you just on an angle alert, uh, Bill Mercer lets you know it is because he's constantly mentioning Santa. He's like, Look, Santa's there again. Oh, that's Santa. And here's Santa. Santa's walking through the crowd. It's a skinny Santa who smells like weed and Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, why does Santa smell like daddy? Smells like daddy after the weekend. <laughs> he's 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 got like a box in it for a belly just shoved in there. It's it's so clearly Michael Hayes. He, he didn't he didn't get a pillow to sh- to look like Santa at all. He's a skinny Santa. Oh man. And Iceman has a cool move. They're doing the you know the the drop down spot. And Iceman uh it's hard to describe, but he does a little switcheroo with the drop down spot. Like he does the drop down and then like jumps over the super D who doesn't see him and then he thinks he's on the other side. It was neat. It was like that was that's what I mean. These neat little things that Iceman was pulling off. Uh I'll give Adia Adias this. I'm gonna give him one bit of credit, Kelly. Okay. He's got a pretty good sunset flip. He's got a, I've got to give the devil his due. He's got a good sunset flip. Now, when the only good thing, the only thing you're good at is a sunset flip, as that's saying something, but it's a pretty good one. Uh, Akbar, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> he's cheering on one of his guys, and apparently he knows who's who because he's like, come on, two. Come on, two. He just He calls him two. I love it. <laughs> Iceman can only when Iceman's work in the corner, and this doesn't matter to the live crowd because you just hear these guys yelling. But when we hear what they're yelling, sometimes it's pretty repetitive. Or Jimmy Garvin just says nonsense, and it's fun. Iceman just says, "Watch him, watch him, watch him, watch him, Brian." What? No matter what's going on, he's telling him to watch him. He just watch him, and uh, yeah, I just I laughed so hard when they double snake eyes. Diaz's dumb head <laughs> to the floor. Like, wow. Boom. <laughs> but Diaz comes in. He At first, he is caring for the Iceman to see how he's doing. And then when they hand him the belts, he's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> and then he held up the mark. <laughs> <laughs> and then put him down and went back to helping the Iceman. <laughs> I was like, what a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, you know, I liked the match, though. I thought the crowd is hot. I had Iceman. The yeah. Super D's are fun. I kind of I, I liked the match. I liked – maybe it was just the mood I was in last night when I was watching this. Uh, but I enjoyed the hell out of this show. I, this, I thought this was super yeah. fun. I enjoyed this tag. Um I especially I loved Ice's shine. He throws a great drop kick. I loved Ice when he uh, did the setup to his headbutt. I thought that was really well done. Mm. Um, Ice would take the crowd up, and Adidas would take him down. Uh, side suplex sets up the heat, and I like the Super D's using the double teams really well. I thought the heat was well executed. The crowd pops for the hot tag. Um, and the guy, again, the Super D's were great at stooging for him. And then we get a cutoff on ice and we get a small heat, uh, on Bob Parsons, but then it rolls into that, you know, kind of flat, the flash pin finish. Uh, but I like the post match where ice eats a superplex. So they're getting over that superplex of this killer move. 
uh, the super D's hit it. It's going to be trouble. Yeah. I thought, I thought what it, for what it was, I, I, I enjoyed this match. It, it, it worked for me in like the two and a half star range. Um, wow. Then we, uh, uh, we get a carry Von Eric promo. Oh boy. And it, it was it me or did just mercy just recap what Carrie just said. Was this, or how they killed the, killed the, uh, yes, killed, he did. Killed, this is terrible. Tell us yeah, about it, Johnny. Okay. Well, first of all, during the last match, I forgot, um, uh, Bill Mercer and, even he can't fuck up announcing that Andre is coming to the territory because I forgot he announced that in the middle of that match that Andre's on his way to come through. And believe it or not, Bill Mercer sounded excited about something and put it over good. Because <laughs> how could you not? It's Andre. You'd expect him to be like, oh, and Andre the Giant will be here next week. Go home. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. Until I mentioned, well, we've got the we've got the girls. The girls are on their way back here. And, oh, and Andre will be here, too. Yeah, we got the uh, eighth wonder of something coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it? He gets it all wrong. <laughs> the seventh wonder of the world. The seventh wonder. Of the world. <laughs> so, and, we, but the week after that, we got the midgets. The midgets are coming. <laughs> <laughs> so Carrie's here. Carrie's. This is the most eighties get up. He's wearing a sweater with a dress shirt. Underneath, but with the dress shirt collars popped out over the sweater, he looks like he's on his way to a class that he's going to cut. (laughs) 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 And and yes, Bill says, well, Carrie, David put the claw on him and you slammed him. What else can we do to this poor man? He was trying to get over that. No matter what you do to him, he keeps coming back. You know, I guess that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, but it just comes but, across of how bad the angle has been for Kamala. Yeah. Oh, completely. Uh, you can't help but think that, knowing especially the way we watch it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so he says that, and Carrie says, well you, well, you, well, you know, Bill, we don't need to talk about what people's done to him. People's done to him. I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, I think we now know about whenever people go, hey, would Kerry Von Eric been a long-term NWA champion? Of course not. <laughs> People's who knows. He couldn't talk. He was fucked up all the time. He couldn't fucking talk. But he knows what electricity is. Because, but there's a lot of electricity. Because we knows. We knows. We knows what electricity is. And there ain't going to be no razzle-dazzle, Akbar. What the fuck are you talking about? I want $10,000. None of your razzle-dazzle. Jesus Christ. I can't get enough of Carrie trying to cut promos. It's the best. <laughs> I mean, is he the worst? Hey, he's up there. Him or Backlund is the worst babyface promo of all time. Oh, Backlund fucking smokes him. No, he doesn't. Oh, Backlund smokes him. Backlund, I don't know. I mean, you have... Backlund, who comes across as, a, as, as like, special needs. Oh, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. He just came across How as being nervous and rushing through everything. Nervous and bland. Yeah, and bland, yeah, too. Bob, Bob, yeah, Bob Backlund was intelligent, though, and could put a sentence together. It would be stuff like this, like, 
well, you know, Vince, I'm very concerned about what could happen when I get in the ring with superstar Billy Graham. He is a very dangerous man, but I don't take yeah, okay. anybody lightly. You know, Vince, I go out there and I work my darndest, you know, but it all made sense. Kerry Von Erich tries to put emphasis on the wrong words and just speaks gibberish. Okay, I, 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 I will say that, but I still think Backlund's up there is one of the worst promos. Uh, well, I think I, I think I fell in love with his promos because then you go into the ring and I think, he, had a, I think he found it charming of what he was doing, but they weren't good. Well, no. yeah, I mean, remember what happened when they tried to cry. I think cry. you liked him, Johnny, because they gave you some shtick to play with him. <laughs> I grew up. I grew up with him. I loved Bob Backlund. Yeah. What'd you make the carry promo, Kelly? Oh, Johnny summed it up. Pretty well. I just have like it's a usual carry nonsense, and then uh, yeah, and, and, Mercer, and Akbar was uh, pretty good. And Mercer, yeah, Akbar's was good, and Mercer just putting dirt on the fucking on the Kamala angle. Uh, but Akbar's interview was good because it was psychology 101, where it's just him with excuses of why the slam and why he's not paying money on the slam. Yeah, so you can actually. But, you know, and technically he's right. It wasn't during a match. He shouldn't have to pay him money. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of get that. What about but, you, John? What about the Akbar interview? But, you know, it's fine. But he, I, I don't know, it just gets at me that he he says Ugandan and not Ugandan. I'm just like, how hard is that? <laughs> the Ugandan giant. I'm like, uh, I don't know. It'd be funny if... if Here's my preferences. Here's my my WWF preferences. If Fred Blassie was saying Ugandan, I'd find it charming. But for some reason, when it's Akbar, it annoys me. Yeah, you don't find Akbar charming. I'm getting <laughs> not really. Not yeah, really. I don't think you have a problem with Akbar. Uh, I know. Like I know. Like bad babysitter to you or something at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Skandar Akbar. Show me on the doll where Skandar Akbar touched you. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> Apparently, you know, by all reports, Skandar Akbar was one of the true good guys in a very yeah. shitty, shitty business. But yeah. uh, no, I enjoyed, But I remember seeing promos him yelling at Duggan in Mid South that I loved. I'll, it's just been world class. Akbar hasn't done it for me. Okay. Then we get to the match: Kerry Von Erich versus the Ugandian. <laughs> <laughs> Kamala. What'd you make of this, Kelly? <laughs> well, considering the the buildup, this this wasn't much of a match. But I'll I'll go right from the beginning. Um, I don't know if they've listed him this way the whole time, and I'm just noticing it for the first time. But Kamala's listed as six foot ten, which is a little bit of an exaggeration, because you know that that little, would that's absurd. <laughs> that would make Friday like six foot eight. And um, yeah, I mean, I would really see Kamala's really legit six four, maybe six five. Yeah, I bet you they haven't listed six seven though. Yeah, six ten is fucking nuts. He's six they've ten here. Yeah, they, they've always really overbuilt Kamala's height because he was always he's a giant man. Yeah. So we had to give him a, a fake giant height. Yeah, that's a little little too fake, maybe. Um, let's see. Oh, and Mercer, we're we're going through his. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greatest hits here. You, you wouldn't, or you can't miss Kerry uh, Von Erich exploding all over him. He loves, he loves the explosions <laughs> all over other people, or men exploding on other men. That's all, all Mercer thinks about, really. And we thought that white stuff was paint on Kamala. <laughs> see, see, that's why Mercer can't call a good wrestling match. He's just thinking about 
gay men exploding on each other all the time. Uh, well, not gay. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> so, yeah, Carrie dominated the first five minutes. <laughs> You've been out that farm too long, Kelly. <laughs> You've been cow tipping too much, man. Yeah, I know. Well, I have been here too long. It's been over a month. I'm, yeah, maybe losing it a little bit. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll record or I'll chart my breakdown on podcasts over the next few months. You know what? The more the more Brian Adias matches we make him watch while he's cooped up on that farm, the closer he gets to starting a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we get about five minutes, and then Akbar trips Carrie and Manning. David Manning immediately DQs Kamala. There's no leeway here at all. So mm-hmm. this is kind of a setup for Carrie to slam Kamala again in a way that won't count or won't be considered official by Skandar Akbar. Yep. So that's continuing that angle. So, yeah, I mean, it it wasn't the main event. So, yeah, I didn't have to deliver uh, a conclusive finish. But like I said, it was kind of lame considering the buildup that it just went five minutes for a quickie DQ. Agreed. Uh, Johnny, anything you want to add to this? Brother? I liked this. I, I enjoyed the shit out of this. The crowd was super hot for it. It was only five minutes long. It was all Kamala action. I, I fucking love Kamala. You know, and yeah, Carrie, <laughs> Carrie's gear here was something. He had like a, a, a ruby uh, jacket and a ruby. Uh, and he had a black headband with looked like rubies on it. Like stones on him. These are my brain crystals. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the one Kamala does the one nerve hold move. And I know everyone hates fucking nerve holds. I get it. But he does the one that's under your peck, like grabbing your peck yeah, right yeah. under your armpit. And every time I see that, I'm like, I know most people go, I hate fucking nerve holds. They're stupid. I'm like, Take your hand, put it oh, underneath your legit, own. Like, I remember as a kid, yeah. that one hurt. Yeah, that, that hurt. hurt. So I remember like like wrestling around with friends and someone who goes too far and grabbed you there, and I would just freeze in pain, be like, "No, stop!" You know, it's the worst. So when I see Kamala doing that, like to carry and, and shit, I, I'm always like, "God damn, that hurts!" So uh, I, I, that kind of nerve hold, I love. I mean, the neck one is lame, but. Uh, oof, that peck one, man, that's, oof, that looks, uh, it, it gives me chills. It reminds me of being a little kid and being feeling helpless on the playground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with John. I enjoyed this, I mean, because it was a sprint. I mean, mm-hmm. in my mind, it was like, you know, Kamala got to work work his gimmick, which he's, you know, like, tremendous at. And you get Carrie slamming him after the bell to so get more screw jobbiness, more shenanigans. Yeah, it, it, when they when they first did the DQ, I, I was about to, I was writing, oh fuck David Manning, and then I saw him body slam him right after. I'm like, oh that's smart booking. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I get it. That's smart booking because you gave the crowd what they wanted. They wanted to see the body slam, but you fucked him out of the money again with the DQ. And yeah, like, and Act Park can go on and cut yeah. promos. Ah, oh, you got up to the bell. You DQ no. Yeah, Will I like winner, that. You know, blah blah blah. I like I like that a lot. And uh, then we go into David Von Erich versus Ric Flair. This is joint in progress. We get about ten or eleven minutes. You know, it's, it's always hard to judge a joint in progress match. So I'll let Kelly start it out and see what <laughs> makes of it. 
Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure at first. I thought, oh, it couldn't be too far into the match because Flair wasn't sweating or pouring sweat yet. But just after the footage kicks in, you hear a 15-minute call. So we missed almost 15 minutes, the first 15 minutes. And this match wasn't built up on the TV we watched really at all. Um, definitely not like the year before when it was Kerry challenging Flair and they had the angle with the, the, the payoff and, and all that leading up to it. And they had uh, Flair and Fritz von Erich having that face-to-face thing that was crazy. And the reason there wasn't a big uh, build room, think about it, was Flair just won the damn title in November. Yeah, that's a good, right, exactly. Good point. That's only a month before. So, yeah, they couldn't build it that way. Yeah, that's 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 it right there. I didn't think of that. Because I think remember I remember in June when they did the build for Kevin and, and Flair. Yeah. And then they had to switch to Harley. It just fell kind of flat. I, did, I think they didn't want that to happen again. That's right. And we talked about at the time whether we thought if Fritz knew there was going to be a title switch because they built it up as, as Kevin and Flair pretty pretty heavy at one point. And then, yeah, yeah it, it was a race because race won the belt, I think, only days before. So then, yeah, this... So I guess, yeah, they couldn't really do much of a build with Harley because he was going to lose. And then Flair, they only had a month. So, yeah, the timing was unfortunate. But this was, again... Similar to... And why it's placed in the middle of the card, you know? Yeah, similar to the match we just talked about, Kerry and Kamala, where this is just kind of an angle match that's just going to build to something further. So, you know, we don't... We get, I think, according to how long the match went on wrestling data, we only got about eight, nine minutes of this. Um, so we get it. We start with uh, David's in a sleeper. Or, no, he gets Flair in the sleeper, and then we have some struggle to get the claw on David. And then uh, David gets a near fall off his patented high knee, then a body press, then a backslide. So a lot of near falls here. Flair's getting desperate. Flair, you know, he's, they're telling the story that Flair's afraid he's going to lose. So he pitches David over the top rope on purpose right in front of Manning and basically tells him to do to disqualify him and saying, you know, you got to DQ me. I threw him over the top rope. But, of course, Manning isn't going to do that. So no DQ here. We get more near falls by David. We get the claw. Flair's bloody. Flair's, again, desperate, reaches out, gets the ringside microphone, nails David with him. There's no DQ at first. And then a few moments later, Manning finally does disqualify Flair. He's, Manning's frustrated, and you can hear him say he has no choice. So, like I said, obviously they were building as something down the line with Stips, no DQ, or a special ref uh, match, which we, I, we won't talk about it here, but I'll just say I don't think the rematch ever happened, or at least um, that we get to see. So it was good for what it was, or what we got to see of it, but of course it was, the finish was Schmaz City. With uh, with the DQ, but and these guys had much better matches. There, we watched one over a year ago, or probably almost two years ago, maybe it was from 1982. That was a really good match between David and Flair. But this, we missed the first half, or more than the first half, and then what we got wasn't too much. Anyway, that's my opinion. What about you, John? What do you think? I mean, people are shocked. Um, 
I liked it for what we had. Uh, again, hot crowd. Uh, Flair gets off this great line, uh, yelling at someone who's cheering for David or trying to cheer him on. And he goes, sh- uh, sit down and sh- keep your mouth shut. You want to take it to look at it, not talk to it. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. and, fuck- and fucking Manning. He's like, he flipped those on the top row. He's there's going to be no DQ for top row. I'm like, what? The NWA will hear of this. <sighs> you fucking the <laughs> Texas fucking referees. <laughs> You're supposed to DQ them. Because that's what he made. So it was his fault that uh, David got hit in the head with a microphone. If he had just DQ'd him when he should have DQ'd him. Because that's what Flair does. He hits him in the head with a fucking microphone. And, and he, then Manning's like, God damn it, I have to DQ him now. I'm like, no, you've done your job. <laughs> you wouldn't have hit him with a fucking microphone. You, he's a terrible referee is what I'm getting at. <laughs> but yeah, I thought this was fun. From what, from what we had, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I know it has its moments like David's facials. I thought were good here. Um, I like David's sleeper the way he uses it. David's near falls. I thought were really great in it. But my God, they really prostituted Flair on the finish where he tries to DQ himself. They don't allow him. And then we, I mean, does it really? Do we really need two or three DQ attempts on his part? I mean, it just this is where you get that uh, talking point of Flair really doing everything he possibly can to get the Von Erics over where to the point where it actually was detrimental to the NWA title in a way. And I, I, I can see that especially because world-class was kind of seen in a lot more different areas than just Dallas and stuff. But yeah. because though that's those finishes with that finish to here is rough, 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 rough. What about you guys think about these this finish here? I like it. I I see. I know. Is that is that what you just said? Is that an actual talking point that's out there that you know people did feel that way at the time with these these finishes? Because yeah, okay, in Texas, Texas, uh, the the finishes were a lot. They gave a lot more on the finishes in Texas. Okay, 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 fair point. But me, me myself. I'm like, I like a chicken shit heel doing chicken shit stuff. And uh, to me, that's the dirtiest player in the game. Okay, you won't DQ me? You're going to DQ me now, motherfucker? I hit him with a microphone. And I took, and I walk out holding my title bloody, and I cheated to fucking do it. And I love that shit. Like, I cheer that. That, that, that. As a heel fan, you cheer that sort of behavior. I love it. Okay, as a heel fan, yeah, <laughs> which almost like uh, almost like makes the talking point work. Uh, what, uh, what about you, Kelly? Where do you fall on this? Oh, I'm fine with Flair doing what he did. Like I said, it was he was desperate. He knew he was gonna lose by this time. The NWA champion had been kind of prostituted for several years in many different territories, and he wasn't protected like Jack Briscoe was and Dory Funk Jr. Right, right. But, and they were building to something supposedly, or you would think bigger. Uh, so this was just a bridge. So, and it wasn't the main event. So the, with the way it's, yeah, the way it played out, I don't have problems with the the idea behind the finish. It just was the, the hitting with the microphone. I don't know, was that really going too far? For David Manning, 
I, uh, I I think Flair should have like dug into his trunks with and got out brass knucks and just started pounding on David. That would have been too far. But I don't know about a microphone uh, knocking him on the head. Oh no, in 1983. Oh no, in 1983, hitting a motherfucker with one of those big fucking steel mics. That's pretty. Yeah, hardcore I guess so. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm I'm thinking I guess through modern eyes, which is shame on me. I shouldn't be. I, I try not to, but yeah, it just didn't seem like that big of an offense, as far as like David or yeah Manning letting things go and then uh, DQing Flair for that. But I don't think we have to go too um, into this one. It, it it was what it was. Yeah, I'll, I'll defend this. I'll defend this. I'll defend this finish on my dying goddamn day. <laughs> I, mean, I might not have, I might not have bothered the finish might not have bothered me as much as they might have been. The match might have been built to. It, it was just such a oh, cold yeah. match. Yeah, cold. cold yeah. A little extreme. Oh, yeah. that that see that's totally true too. Yeah, there was no build. There's no build like you guys said. And the next match we got is Jose Lothario versus Black Gordman. You know what I found weird is they were building this match leading into the November show, and then they put them together in this, like, eight-man or six-man tag. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't do any really follow-up angles until uh, all of a sudden they're here, and now the match seems cold coming in after they did their angles before the November show. So um, and the Candyman might have been, you know, might have forgot about it. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of the match, Kelly? Yeah, and the crowd had forgotten about it. Too unfortunately, the, there wasn't a lot of heat for this one. But I mean, we all love Jose, and as you get to this point in 1983, almost 1984, the Jose appearances are few and far between, unfortunately. So you've got to take what we can get. Black Gordman, man, that hair is um, that's almost Tony Gurria level. Almost. I'm not gonna hey, hey. be crazy, but. It's 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 pretty damn good. That's uh, it's pretty solid. Um, Jose, on the other hand, uh, not so much. He's he seemed to have lost a bit of hair since we last saw him. He's uh, he's he's just clinging to it at this point. But anyway, enough about hair. As far as the match goes, it was good for you know what we got. They got actually mm, probably about eight nine minutes, so it wasn't short. Uh, Gordman goes to the king of the hill right from the get-go. But these guys can still go. And I never thought, oh, geez, these are two old guys, just it's embarrassing or anything. No. Um, Jose's lefts are still incredible, of course. And, yeah, uh, Jose wins with a flash backslide. Good match, but just no heat. And you can't blame them because, yeah, this match wasn't built up. Neither guy was was pushed really or yeah it was just a it was a pretty cold match unfortunately yeah it's, it's kind of disappointing because it was a big feud in houston california yeah. um and they had so much better matches with each other in houston they'd have just as amount yeah. about just as much time and they just used it better and and jose was presented more as a bigger star there than he was now in world class and you know uh, yeah I mean, you know, you like Gordman's sneak attack. Um, I love the the teasing of the elbow by Lothario. Of course, uh, Lothario's punches are are a thing of beauty. 
But man, yeah, again, it's just a disappointment when you've seen the highs these guys can do. It just, it wasn't like a bad match or anything. It was maybe a two star match, an average match. Just, it just, you know, the bar has been raised and we've seen them do it in Houston, just down a couple hours away. And, and instead we get, to, we get this. Uh, John, what do you think, man? Okay, so before I get to this match, uh, one thing I neglected to mention is at the end of the Kamala Carey match, after after Carey slams Kamala, Kevin Von Eric runs into the ring to congratulate his brother. Kevin's wearing he's he's wearing, of course, his white tights. He's also wearing. A pink button-down shirt, unbuttoned. <laughs> he looks like Tom Cruise in Risky Business about <laughs> yeah. to slide in and do the, the Bob Seger song. It looks – all he needs is the socks. It, it, it's, that's exactly what it looks like. It's the funniest goddamn thing. And and at the end, they also mentioned this one of those Bill Mercer things, again, where they don't make anything clear. He says – Oh, and Michael Hayes might have a chance to come back again. What? What? Wait. Wait. When? Maybe it's it's all maybe. Maybe Michael. What do you mean? What? Why? None of this has been established. As mm-hmm. they do this a lot. They well, do it's this been established. I thought it was the ninety days. I thought you you leave Texas for ninety days. Well, no, because they get to the gimmick. Is that at the Freebirds in the next? Well, we'll get to it in the Freebirds match, okay. but. Um, as far as the Jose Gordon match, like, this is like, I feel like I've seen this a million times. I think, I feel like I've seen this match a, a lot, e- even here. I know, yeah, I know we, we got it once or twice also here on this time. Yeah. Like I know, I know we watched it on on Houston when we were watching the Houston for space city. And I feel like, yeah, we've definitely watched it here. This is like the world-class, uh, uh Cicluna versus the Baron. <laughs> yes. Very similar, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, I'm just like I've seen these guys wrestle each other. Uh, they're both old, and I've and there's great hair. On, <laughs> yes. <laughs> one of them on one of them. Yeah. The Baron still had the decent hair. You yeah, know? that's and, all the Baron had left at one point. There's capes involved. Exactly, yes. we got capes. Yeah, it's it's were they both working for rival up? newspapers uh, to get um, benefits? Perhaps <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I guess they were. <laughs> That's great. I mean, literally. Like, I mean, yeah, what's Spanish for good morning? They could you know, be like, uh, buenos dias, Ralph. Buenos dias, Sam. Or, <laughs> just like, <laughs> I hope I got that right. I probably didn't because I'm a stupid American. But the ref, this ref, I don't know who this ref is. He's in all red. He's in a red shirt and red pants. He, it, that looks like something I thought would be cool when I was in the eighth grade, but I look back on it and go, oh, what the fuck are you thinking? He uh, looks like he just got done playing the devil in Damn Yankees. What the fuck is this outfit? Just sticking out like a sore thumb. Oof. And again, they're, they're saying, oh, Santa Claus is passing out some candies and goodies. What's he passing out? Michael Hayes. What's he passing out? Bottle caps and used condoms? There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> There you go, kid. Oh, oh Santa guy. Oh. He, he he's he's a worse Santa than Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places. <laughs> just, uh, he's Topical. gonna pull out just a bunch of just a bunch of pills and a fish. <laughs> oh man. 
And then the, the, the wins with a backslide, uh, but they make sure, Jose makes sure, at, after the match he gets in three punches because people want to see the super sock. They want to see his punches. So he gets to get them in uh, at the end of the match, and that's all I ever care about. When I see old Jose matches, I'm like, I love Jose. I'll watch these because eventually he's going to fucking punch somebody in the face. <laughs> that's my favorite part. Well, then after that, we get up, I get a Mike and Kevin promo. Mike Von Eric promo. Wow. Wait, Kevin promo. <laughs> Wait, well. <laughs> Bring it, John. Bring it. Oh, God, this is going to be hard. I threw this meatball right to you, brother. Well, I wish that I could eat that up, man. I'm going to choke on this because it's fucking one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my Many years of watching wrestling. It's Mike, Mike, who's just debuted, he's teaming up with his big brother Kevin tonight to face the Freebirds. It's a big deal. So they're asking Mike and Kevin about it. And so of course, the first <laughs> Kevin, what do you think about this? And Kevin's like, well, you know, I'm going to go out there and we're going to take care of those goddamn you know, gosh darn Freebirds. And, you know, Mike's like me. He's full of fire and brimstone, <laughs> you know, and we're going to send them free birds back to Atlanta. Now, there's good. I say I'm not even doing my. I got to wait. Hold on. Brain damaged Elvis. Got to. I got to bring that back. He's like, so Mike, Mike's like me. Uh, I can't do it. Mike's like me. He's full of fire and brimstone. We're going to send those free birds back to Atlanta. Now, there's good people in Atlanta, but they, they always they got to make sure, yeah. you know, like we're not saying everyone in Atlanta is a fucking scumbag like the free birds. But if we're, you know, you know, maybe. Well, if you live on Bath Street, USA, you're scumbag. Yeah, he's like, he's, but I'll tell you what, the Freebirds don't belong here in Texas. He's like, <laughs> and uh, and Mike here, you know, Mike here, he's not gonna let me down, right, Mike? And Mike goes, right, and that's it. That's <laughs> Mike Von Eric's big promo. <laughs> they, they put the camera on the camera. They put the microphone to his to his mouth, and he goes. Right. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe he was the like, second best Von Eric promo yeah, today. He was like Goldberg. He didn't have to say too much. You know, we knew Mike was, That's right. was the real deal. <laughs> he still Trump carries promo. <laughs> You're absolutely right. At least, at least Mike Von Eric going, right, and agreeing with his brother made more sense than Gary's promo. <laughs> You know, only missing was the Mick Foley thumbs up there, right? You know, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, shit. I, I laughed so hard watching yeah. that last night. I think I woke people up. And then we get the counterpoint of Gordian Roberts' promo. Mm. So, Buddy's uh, wearing his blonde Bo Derek kind of dreadlocks wig. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he goes, uh, he pulls it off to show that his hair's back. So he, his hair's finally back. Uh, but he still wears the wig just because, fuck you, I like wearing my wig. And uh, he mentions something about Michael Hayes coming back. You know, maybe Michael Hayes be coming back. Ha, 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 ha. And number one, if you're watching this, you've already realized Santa Claus is fucking Michael Hayes, uh, I would imagine. But at no point have they said the, st- the stakes of this match. The stakes of this match haven't been established yet until we actually get to the match, which is so weird. 
because it feels like I don't know what they're talking about. What do you mean Michael Hayes can come back tonight or, or sooner? Even Mark, Mark Lorenz, when he announces yeah. this match, he says the rules for this match are complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm with you. I'm with you, Mark. It was the opposite. The opposite of what was it sometime in the 90s at WCW pay-per-view where the, I guess it was Shivani said, this match is not complicated, and then proceeded to rattle off like like 10 different rules <laughs> that were, yeah, super complicated. But so they finally get to it, and it's, and it's while they're in the ring at the show, which I guess that could pop a crowd really good. Holy shit, now there's stakes. You know, but it doesn't work with the TV. And it's if the Freebirds win, Michael Hayes can come back right then and there. But if the Von Erics lose, and either of the Von Erics lose, Mike or Kevin, Kevin's got to be gone from Texas for 90 days, too. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That stakes. Okay. But not mentioning that at the beginning of the show. And just letting it build to, I don't, it's so, it's weird TV. Any thoughts, Kelly, on the promos? Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, just like Johnny, Mike's only line being right after Kevin cut the promo, just, I was laughing so hard. It was just perfect for, for Mike Von Eric. And I think maybe Mercer just didn't know how to explain the rules to the match. Maybe that's why. It wasn't brought up at all, but yeah, and then Lawrence said it's complicated. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's not really that complicated, um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's it wasn't, yeah, like Johnny said, it wasn't explained beforehand, but we kind of get that a lot with these, these um, sportatorium shows where we're not getting everything. The Fort Worth TV, I think, Right. On the sports shows, you're not yeah. getting the long promos you got on the Saturday yeah. night shows. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Because Cornette used to say, yeah, they just say you have an open segment here, and you just keep cut his promo for four minutes or whatever. Yeah. That's a good point. I think probably a lot of stuff has been edited off these because they were specific to certain shows in WWE. Uh, WWE yeah. is it basically edits all that stuff off the shows on the network. So that's, that's one reason. Oh, and it, and, and this isn't both the Freebirds leaving. It's whoever gets pinned on the Freebirds has to leave, not the team as well. Right. That's part of the rules. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, the, the gear they're in, the, the birds, they're in the glittery stars and bars. And I'm always like, you know, I kind of, I kind of, especially nowadays, really detest the fucking seeing the stars and bars. But seeing it glittery is just gay and racist. And I, that, that, I, know, I think I find that charming. <laughs> Should we cover this match now, I guess, since we did the promos? Yeah, may as well. Yeah. All right, Kelly, go take it away. Okay, so, yeah, we've gone over the rules, the very, very complicated rules. And, yes, this was the actual main event of the evening. And it's pretty crazy to think this is Mike Von Erich's, it's only his fourth match as a wrestler, and he's headlining a 
show that did 20,000 in Dallas. So that's, you know, say what you will. I mean, it was pretty crazy that he was thrown into this position when he had hardly any skills at all. And um, we see that here, of course. He keeps it very simple. Just a few routine spots that he does in every match. And uh, like uh, Brian Adias, although Brian Adias had been wrestling for a few years, Mike loves the headlock. But that's fine. I mean, it the match it works because everyone else in this match is really good. And the heels get heat on Mike. And Mike's actually pretty good at selling. That's one thing he does have going for him. His selling's believable. It doesn't look hokey or anything. He just has no offense. He just he can't do anything offensively. Um, Kevin Inc. comes in with House of Fire, but he crashes and burns after a missed body press from the top rope, which is a really great-looking bump. Uh, Mike is pitched over the top rope in front of Bronco. We get no DQ, but he wasn't the legal man. Um, then we get Santa Claus getting involved. This is where things get interesting. So, yes, of course, Santa Claus is Michael Hayes, who lost the Loser Leaves Town to Carrie at the Thanksgiving Star Wars. Bronco gets bumped in the confusion. And Manning, of course, everyone's favorite Von Eric loving referee, makes the save to make sure he counts the pin when Kevin gets the, the pin for the victory. Mm. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was <laughs> kind of weird. I... I don't know. Just I thought having Michael Hayes be Santa Claus was going to lead, of course, to the heels winning, which it didn't. <laughs> which is kind of like anti-booking, anti-logic in a lot of ways. Um, but okay, so Hayes is back. Um, who got pinned? Was it Roberts or Gordy? I didn't make a note. Gordy. Gordy. So Gordy's gone for a year. Apparently, um, post match we get another one of the major highlights of the show, where Santa Hayes gives Mike Von Erich a pretty massive pile driver. So yeah, that was nice. Um, yeah, it, it was. I mean, the heat was off the charts, of course, with all these people involved and the year long feud. Of course, this was going to be this was going to be hot. I didn't think it was anything special, and the the steps were weird, and the finish with Santa Michael Hayes was strange, and I don't know. I think Johnny will be able to explain it better <laughs> than I did here, but it was it was it was good. And then don't the, count on it. <laughs> the fans go home happy. The Von Erics are victorious. Mike, like I said, you know, is super green, but didn't um detract from the match i didn't think but yeah that's what it that's that's what happened <laughs> yeah it, it just felt i mean i i mean i'm with you it was hot the crowd dug it in in real time it was working it was working for that crowd but man it just it felt flat to me yeah it really felt like they needed i mean especially if you compare it to carrie versus michael hayes which Mm-hmm. Fuck was incredible. Um, it felt like they needed like a bad street stiff or something, you know. Come as you are. Uh, they, like the stakes need. It felt like it needed another stiff to 
to really make it work for me. And, and, and I think maybe they could have hidden Mike more in, in, a, in like a Texas tornado brawling setting. Uh, but God dang, when the fans got a hold of Michael Hayes for that few seconds, they wanted to kill him. Um, but geez. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it just didn't work work at all for me overall. What about you, John? You want to add some? Uh... I liked this myself, and that just goes to show you the different strokes. But uh, the one thing, I, just to get it out of the way, that I agree with, that I was like, huh? Because once they introduced, the, when I first, I, I knew that this existed. Like We even mentioned this once when we were talking that I watched ahead and I saw a little bit of this, but I didn't see all of it. And I had assumed that Santa Hayes, of course, gave them the victory because that's how that angle works. I saw them do that angle in Jersey All-Pro Wrestling where Santa was a returning low-key who uh, took out a good guy in the ring and no one saw that coming because he stuffed himself full of stuffing, you see. So you need to do that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I remember seeing that out there and I was and there were people around me, these like hipster fucking wrestling fans were like, oh, that's so corny. I'm like, go oh, fuck yourself. They, I'm, just, I'm thinking to myself, fuck you. That, that, that's that's wrestling. Yeah, I that, agree. I've never done Florida. I've never gotten the Santa Claus thing, but I've gotten the uh, you dress come dresses in a Halloween costume and I've had a returning yeah. wrestler. In the stands, the whole show. That's great. In a, in a Halloween costume, and he makes the big triumphant return at the end, and it, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. It, it's Hacksaw Duggan in the fucking gorilla suit stuff, man. That, yeah. That's yeah. that's great shit. Uh, but it, it it never backfires. It backfires here, basically. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. But I'm like, okay, that's a choice. Be, but once they set the steps, I was like, well, Kevin's not leaving, so I think we know how this is ending. Uh, one of the free birds is going, and I'm definitely going to be Gordy. He's like, oh, God, it gets to Japan, Michael. That's bull- bullshit here. But, he <laughs> but so, Buddy, again, five stars as he's taking off his wig that he doesn't need anymore, which I think is just gen- genius. That's genius the fucking heel work. I don't even need to wear it. I just wear it because. And he's handing it to the guy you hand your robe to. And he's, there's no one around. And he yells, hey, who's going to take my wig? <laughs> Get over here, asshole. Take on he hands him his wig like Razor Ramon used to hand his jewel, his like, golden chains. It's fucking great. Uh, even Kevin's dropkick is stiff. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Everything yeah. he does is stiff. He yeah, waits. Everything he does is stiff. But even even a goddamn drop kick, he waits until the guy's real close, jumps up, and just boom! Those filthy bare feet, right, right. He, makes, the he makes the Steiners look like they're they're working loose. I mean, oh man, uh, I I love it. I love all of it. I also love Terry Gordy. He's like, here's part of the story of this too. When they that I like about the stip is that if either Von Eric uh, gets beat, Kevin's gone. So that plays into the people who would know. It's like, well, Mike's just getting started here. And he might, you know, you know, he's easy to beat. The Freebirds might beat him. You know, people would think that. And you got Terry Gordy on the outside, John at uh, Mike, who's holding his own with Buddy. But he's you know, like, hey, boy. 
when I get in there, I'm going to beat your brains out. And it sounded threatening. I'm like, that's, that's good shit. And Bill's talking about Santa to a point where, of course, you know what's going on. And at this point, the crowd already knows. Because it's clearly Michael Hayes. It, you know, it, it, there's a skinny Santa walking around at ringside. So the crowd's figured it out even before he takes off the beard and hat, and they attack him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they they can smell him. Like, wait a minute, Santa doesn't taste. Santa doesn't. Santa doesn't smell like Jack Daniels and gonorrhea. That's Michael Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's not even supposed to be in the state of Texas. I love that. I thought it was supposed to be you can't wrestle in Texas. I love that. He's not even supposed to be in the state of Texas. That's some heavy shit. One, one, one thing, though, we haven't touched on that I did like is the order where Hayes was the first one in town. He's the first one to get leave. Yeah. Gordy was the second one to show up, and Gordy's the second one to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like I like that little touch. That's cool. That's probably completely accidental, by the way. No one thought of that, but it's, <laughs> it's it is cool. And then, last thing, you know, there's a bit of you know fuckery in the finish. And here's the David Vegas, David Manning, like you said, he's got to make himself a part of this shit because yeah, it looks like you know, David Manning is like the second referee runs in because uh, Bronco got knocked out. So they're doing the whole thing to where David Manning comes in to correct. Normally he'd be correcting mm-hmm. uh, Bronco's call, you know, and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to get on the microphone here and tell you everything that's going down here and see whether or not the winner is Kevin Von Eric or Terry Gordy. Now I noticed that. Da, 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 da. So when I have to look at the decision that Bronco Lubitsch made, I'm like, I'm afraid to say, I agree with Bronco Lubitsch. And you know, it, you know, I'm like, you just stole Bronco's moment. You piece of shit. You piece of shit. <laughs> it's, you made it all about yourself in, in the middle of this. And there goes Terry Gordy. Uh, I enjoyed all of this except for the David Manning part. Like he had to make himself part of this. What the fuck? And I apologize for uh, forgetting that we were going to do this as the main event. It just the promo stuff led right into it in my notes. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry about that. Yep. And then we you know, again we get Adam's interview, and then followed up with Garvin and Precious interview. What's going? On? What tell us about him, John? Yeah, the Adams interview was fine. You know, it was. Here's what I, I've come to the conclusion with with Sunshine and Adams. Adams isn't giving Sunshine a rub. Sunshine's giving Adams a rub. And don't get your minds out of the fucking gutters, people, <laughs> because Sunshine is by far the bigger star here. By far, you know, Adams is the rub is she's giving Adams the rub, not the other way around uh, uh, with this because. She's the one feuding with Jimmy Garvin with the, the personal shit, you know. And, but, and, and, but without Adams, Sunshine wouldn't have that prop, wouldn't have the proper spotlight either, though. Oh no, no, it, it's a two-way street. Yeah. If, if you want to say who's getting shined up here, is Sunshine is shining up Adams. He's leeching off of her heat, as you'd say. But it's a, it's a two-way street. But she is on fire as a babyface here. She's a folk hero, you might say, uh, but. I mean, she's the crowd is in a fucking sunshine, and anyone you attach with sunshine, it, it is great that Adams is also the rival here. 
but it's, I think she's the one, you know, it's like they say, you know, eventually Sherry Martell, sometimes, yeah, you put someone with the wrestler, you know, to help the the person you, you, you put in that position. And then like Vicky Guerrero eventually, yeah, we'll just do this. Eventually they put people with her, with Vicky because she could get them over. Yeah. You know, to me, I was like, Sunshine's getting Adams over here to me. Or we're getting him more over, let's say. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, their, their promo's fine. Uh, Garvin's promo, <laughs> second lady, was like, look at them, that Roy Rogers uh, looking and Dale Evans looking. I'm like, wait, what? They don't look anything like Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Until I saw Sunshine's outfit. I'm like, oh, she looks like Dale Evans. Yeah. She, she she's got a cowgirl thing going on, you know, uh, with her outfit, but not Chris Adams. He did nothing like Roy Rogers. And Precious is worried, and he says he gets he's kissing. He's like, oh, I'm gonna. He's like, would he goes, kiss these lips, baby? Daddy's got everything under control. And I was like, ugh, yuck! I hate hearing. Give Daddy a kiss. It's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> so we know what turns Johnny Ugh. off. Uh, <laughs> not that. Ugh. Kiss me, call me daddy. Ugh. Ugh. Kelly, so what do you think gross. of these promos? Oh, I, I didn't make any notes of them, but I'm sure they were great. Okay. <laughs> but let's, yeah, let's go right. right into the match. No, they weren't. <laughs> let's go right to the main event or the, you know, seven main event. And this is also the five minute step, right? Yeah, Sunshine gets precious yeah. for five minutes if Adams wins. And, yeah, it's fitting this is the last match we talk about because this has been a long feud. And both guys, Chris Adams and Jimmy Garvin, both arrived in the territory pretty early in the year. And they were great right from the beginning. And then they slowly uh, got together. Garvin feuded with David Von Erich for quite a while and Chris Adams feuded with the Mongol for forever. That was the <laughs> the great war of the worlds there. So yeah, it's been a huge year for both guys. And then also a huge year for Sunshine going from being with Garvin to, to turning babyface and then just getting over like crazy. So yeah, this has been quite a year for both guys. And for the match, I mean it's similar to almost all the other big matches on the show, except for the main event where it's building to something else to building to another match between the participants. So not a blow off, not a decisive win by the hero or anything, but it it was good. I mean, it was the chain wrestling at the beginning. I really liked Adams is good at that. And so is Garvin and Garvin gets busted open early the time on wrestling data says 15 minutes. For some reason, I didn't think it was that long of a match. Was it? Or was there a clip in here like somewhere? like nine, but I don't know. Yeah, there must have been a clip because it couldn't have been that long. Because I don't really have that many notes. I have Adams totally dominated the match. And then uh, Garvin reversed a roll-up for a typical tainted heel win where he holds the tights. And then we get post-match stuff where you didn't want to anger the crowd too much so we get precious uh initiating the attack actually on sunshine but then sunshine reverses it and almost rips precious's shirt off so we get a little bit of hey hey there 
and a little tease for the future. So a, 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 hey, li- hey. Little, a, little, hey, hey. a little hey, hey. <laughs> so a little bit of a cat Hey, fight. hey, you, you've, been, you've been on you the know, farm. It, it could be 15 minutes from beginning of the bell to, to the post-match and stuff, you know. Yeah, maybe that, but I don't know. You have been on the farm a little too long if you're going to start calling it Hey Hey. Oh, no, that's, I'm recording like a 25-year-old episode of The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> so, sunshine. Oh, shame on me for not getting that. Yeah. <laughs> At least I think that's where I was from. Um, sunshine was really pissed off afterwards, so that was great, showing that she's, of course, not satisfied with the outcome. And we're going to, yeah, a great way to make the feud even hotter, really, because now Garvin has the American belt back. This isn't finished, and the crowd is totally into this feud. So going into 1984, these two guys, this feud is still red hot, and we got a lot more to come between these guys. So, yeah, as far as that goes, that's perfectly fine. I mean, it's not an all-time classic match. But uh, it kept the feud red hot. I thought it was a good match. I gave it three stars, but I thought it was perfectly booked. I mean, yeah, I loved. I I, I mean, what what was made it work was Adams took about ninety percent of the offense, so it was Garvin just shining up Adams most of the way, and we get the banana peel. So I mean, you have Adams uh, looking great as Robe looks awesome. Really? Adam's shine was great. Adam's arm drags were lightning quick, and that clothesline and that hanging clothesline Adam uh, took hit was stiff as hell. Garvin's busted open, and Garvin, you know, the key was though Adam's taking ninety percent of it, Garvin about ten percent, and but wins via the trunk pull. So Adam still comes across comes out strong because it looks like he should have won. But that heel fucking banana peel snuck it out, and then they uh, they still give us a little bit enough of sunshine precious where you don't go where the fans don't feel like they got fucked over on that step of of sunshine getting precious for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get they just tease us and just just enough where we want more. Yeah, this the ending of this was perfectly booked, and I thought it was uh, absolutely fantastic on the it, way they. They set it up and going forward. It's it's essentially the same finish as the Kerry Kamala match. It's like not it's not the the winner's not who you wanted it to be, but you still get to see what you paid to see. Yeah. Know, the, via the body slam or 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 Precious who's dressed up like she should be guest starring on a John Denver Christmas special, uh <laughs> ripping the top off of of uh, Sunshine who looks like she's an extra in a Pat Benatar video. So <laughs> Give me the Pat Benatar check every goddamn day because Precious's outfit here was unfortunate. This was the ugliest fucking thing. I mean, just because she's wholesome doesn't mean she has to dress like this. This is terrible. She's wearing she's wearing a brown and yellow plaid a shirt with a, a yellow leather vest and brown and it, I, I guess you know, oh it's very little house on the prairie whatever it looks awful it, it, she might be the better performer but as far as who's the best dressed in this episode it's precious ding ding the winner here she she looks sexy with her her 
her Madonna poofy things, the pink poofy things on her wrists. Like she was shopping with Brian Adidas at the merry-go-round and getting some stuff that was up to date. Fucking sunshine here. Ugh. She's like she came from a church picnic. Unfortunate clothing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when you when you think about it. I mean, this was you know Christmas special. You can compare it to like the Starcade show. I mean, I thought Starcade '83 was a better show. I thought Boogie Jam '84 was a better show. I thought the other uh, ones were better. I mean, this is still a solid, enjoyable show. Don't get me wrong. But it felt again like there was a lot more booking consequences and actions going mm. forward than having to. I think here was more about resetting the clock or setting things up, putting things in motion going forward than it was about putting on and having a killer blow-off show. It felt like the November show was more of a blow-off show. It went along with starting things over here. It felt, I don't know, it just, it just, it was really missing that Carrie, Michael Hayes type of oomph. It, 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 and the, 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 yeah, the, the Freebird feud is just petered out at this point here. It, is, it was still hot to that crowd, though. But for oh, me yeah. at home... It just didn't resonate. Uh, Johnny, any final thoughts? Uh, well, real quick, uh, to that point, uh, you got to look at it from a booking perspective. Is They are dragging out this Freebird ending as much as they can because now it's just Buddy Roberts is the lone one. Oh, we could get another main event out of that. So they're wringing every last drop out of that before they're gone. And they have to just maintain the other ones. We gotta maintain Adams and Garvin. We gotta maintain Carrie and Devastation Incorporated. We'll bring in Andre, because that's what's happening. And yeah. Carrie's gonna team up with Andre. I remember seeing that rerun of Carrie and yeah, Andre. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I haven't I've not seen that since the night my parents uh told us they were getting divorced. <laughs> wow, there's a memory. And don't I did it, 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 I think it, after that episode we might have to get to go to psychology, go to group therapy with Johnny. Uh, um, I don't think I'll be I think I'll be fine, but I just remember that. I get my it, that all shit that that shit all happened. My uncle, uh, younger uncle, he took me out, got me a six pack, da 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 da. I came home, I'm laying on the couch, I turned on Philly fifty seven for the late night uh that world class, world class rerun, a classic world class rerun, and that's the one. There's Carrie and Andre, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing that next week. But one last thing, Bill Mercer here, because they showed the the finish because Garvin does the roll up with holding the trunks, and he's pulling Chris Adams' trunks, and you could kind of see the crack of his ass. And Bill Mercer says. Ooh, there's an expanse of Chris Adams. So, yeah, he's jerking off, Kelly. You are absolutely. It's all. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. Now, I think ex- I need to go to therapy. Explode. Uh, uh, his expanse. Kelly, any mm. final thoughts? <laughs> yeah, it was a good show, but as far as the Star Wars cards that we've reviewed, it didn't have that iconic match. I mean, the, the bar was set pretty high by. Flair versus Carey with the cage and the the beginning of the Von Erichs Freebirds feud the previous year, and then the the Lizard Leaves Town cage between Carey and Michael Hayes a month earlier. And it's kind of interesting that they booked back to back months uh, for the reunion arena shows in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Do you think maybe they didn't want to? Do you think maybe because they didn't want to uh, put Kerry uh, Hayes on with a world title match, and they wanted uh, this? You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they felt the territory was hot enough to do two big shows. You know, may as well milk it as yeah. much. And they're totally milking it because most of the matches, as we've discussed on this show, are just leading to rematches. And yeah, so this yeah. was. It's it's smart booking as far as the business goes and to make as much money as possible and they were red hot at this time. Yeah. So, but this, I mean, the main event was the one that was booked to have a decisive finish, pretty much, and 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 all that. And it just, well, with Mike being, but like I said, Mike didn't really detract from the match. But for whatever reason, with the Santa Claus Hayes stuff, it just, I don't know, the whole thing just didn't really work we just didn't have that super match flair and david we didn't see the whole thing but even then i don't think the full version of the match would make it uh, a blow away great all-time great match or anything so and then carrying kamala was short uh, even though the booking for it was fine and and would lead to more rematches same with adams and garvin it's all setting up future stip matches higher stakes so this one, yeah, it was a good show, but it just, there was nothing. I didn't rate any matches. I didn't put stars on anything. So uh, that obviously means it was not no good. Because <laughs> everyone knows I'm a major tastemaker in that regard. But no, it mm. just, nothing just really jumped out at me. I, I can't say that I'm ever going to watch anything from this show again, I don't think. Um, yeah, it was just, of all oh. the Star Wars cards... I think you have to go back to the 1981 Star Wars cards that we watched. I don't. Th- that was when the territory was really in the doldrums, where there was nothing going on as far as yeah, yeah, being nothing of consequence. This had you know a sellout crowd, well, super hot this... crowd. So it it was a huge show from that standpoint. Yeah. But it's it's just not a it's not a great wrestling show or anything. Yeah, I'm going to give the stamp of approval to this. If people just want to fucking get high and have a few beers and just watch some fun wrestling, I I I was dreading watching this. I was just like, oh, I'm sick of wrestling. I'm going to have to watch this for the show. And I watched this last night, and I had a great time. I I enjoyed the shit out of this. So, all right, well, Johnny, anything you want to plug, my friend? Like, well. Only one thing I want to plug, I'm sure most people who listen to the show are aware, but if they're not aware, uh, I currently uh, have a new podcast I'm doing with my uh, buddy Travis, and Kelly's a good friend, Travis. Uh, he's one of the former hosts of Lucha Afterground for uh, you wrestling fans who, uh, if you had never listened to that show, it was, it was great. And he and I are doing a new podcast uh, called Gideon Guys, where we discuss uh, the television show on the CW, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And we go through each episode in our our own inimitable way. And it's my favorite show I've seen. This is like the fourth time I've watched the first season. uh, And Travis has never seen it. Uh, And it's just us talking about it. It's a lot of fun. We already have a a guest uh, uh, lined up. Coming up, a surprise guest. Uh, actually, okay, I'm going to break it, it right Stephen here. Is it Stephen Amell? I, I wish it was Stephen Amell. That's that's the big get, you know, Stephen Amell. It's going to start with this. <laughs> I love how uh, ruining anyone you bring up now, right? I know. I've done, well, you know, you know, not for me. For me, on this, for this show, it'd be Katie Lotz I'd want to get, or Brandon Routh. 
Oh, yeah, that makes be sense. Yeah, no. Uh, so Dominic Purcell uh, would be my dream because I just want to talk like Heat Wave to him the entire fucking show. Uh, <laughs> how do you deliver these lines? Like, you know, uh, or Wentworth Miller uh, talk Captain Cold. Oh, it'd be great. No, but when I did college radio in 1989 at the University of Louisville, WLCV, your campus voice, my first co-host that I ever did because I'd done high school radio and I'd done uh, college for a while and I was always on my own. The first co-host I had in anything was a dude named Travis who was a few years older than me. He was uh, uh, in his early 20s married uh, there on the GI Bill and we became the show How how Cheesy Is This from the 80s radio. Um, Captain John and the Dreadnought uh-huh. Catchy. Mm, nice. And we had a show on the radio. He he contacted me. Uh was like, Oh, you're doing a show with another Travis? There's only one Travis you could ever do radio with. I joked, I'm like, hey, could she got Skype and a microphone? And he's like, Yeah, I do. I I've done some podcasts. I'd love to do it. I've kind of watched that show and he's gonna guess. So I'm gonna my my newest uh radio podcast partner, uh and I are going to have a show sometime in the future with a guest star being my very first radio partner ever when I was 18 years old. So, yeah, we have a lot of fun with the show. I'm really, really happy and proud of it. And I'm, I'm very uh, happy that people are listening to it and apparently enjoying it. So thank you very much. Kelly, anything you want to plug? Um, well, we can call Gideon guys Johnny and the Travises. There you go. There's the new title of the show. You can just keep adding Travis. Oh no, it's, it's, it's Travis a, to the show. Oh no, it's always a one-shot thing. I just want a rotating yeah, bunch of guests. Like both, both of you, I am going to make. And it's like you guys watch just the episode we're going to talk about. That's it. You don't well, watch, I watch anything Legends, else. So I enjoy it. So yeah, you you've watched the whole thing. Like Kelly, I'm gonna be like, just watch this one episode, <laughs> and just that's it. Coming in, well, uh, and do the show with us for sure. Uh, plugs, well, of course, just. Always listen to all the great shows on the Pro Wrestling Only feed. I counted last week. I think there was 12 shows in one week, which is getting pretty uh, up there with the highest output we've ever had, I think. There's just, you know, all this free time. What happens a lot of people. when you're locked in? Yeah, yeah I've, I've been putting out all kinds of stuff. Um, International House of Combat with Steve Willey. Mm. And that's all about international wrestling, as you can tell by the title. Uh, the Greatness of Randy Savage, I've been putting out those every once in a while, just me talking over uh, Randy Savage matches from that unreleased DVD. <laughs> and you would have heard my voice on another show, The Military Industrial Suplex, but I think it's been deemed like too controversial for for air or something. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I don't know. I, I, it's when I, I, I talked mostly about modern wrestling, and, and I guess maybe that was the problem, it was just... My opinions were just too much for for Tom to handle it. I don't know. Anyways, it's still missing. Oh, no, that's gonna be no, no, no. That's gonna be that's gonna be Tom's Patreon. You're gonna have to pay him to oh, hear okay. that. It's too hot for TV. It, it this is gonna this is gonna be like Girls Gone Wild. Too hot go. for TV. You want to hear what Kelly's hot takes on the modern product? You gotta pay, motherfuckers. Get my hot takes on WrestleMania happening. That's now long since passed. Sure, real fresh. Fresh uh-huh. stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, all joking aside, of course. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. 
we should probably say uh, rest in peace to Howard Finkel just before we leave a little yeah. bit. Um, one of the all-time great wrestling announcers, uh, Meltzer, we joked about him on the show, but in all seriousness, Meltzer did a really great write-up in the Last Observer on Finkel. and Yeah, the piece where they mentioned him about, uh, just for the ringside fans, he'd always pretend to ring the bell on Near Falls yeah. just to help the people watching him. I thought that was a great, great piece. To I bit. I loved. I read that to me, and I loved that bit. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, that's so cool. Just apparently, also, if you were ringside and you're like, hey, Howard, and just like before the show and stuff, and we're back then, and just wanted to talk to him, he'd just go right up to you and bullshit you with, with you about wrestling. I, I've heard these stories too. So, ah, oh, that's just adds. That just adds to his. Legacy as, you know, fucking too nice for this business. Uh, it, uh, maybe you know too nice for this business, but he—that's all he loved. He loved yeah. wrestling. That's it. He and he was, you know. Yes, we've heard the stories. Oh, they bullied the shit out of him. Da, 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 da. Of course they did, because of course you know the the jock culture, and he's the nerd. I get it, but he was also invaluable for many many, oh, yeah. many years. <laughs> there you go. Like he was, he was part of the. That inner circle of the early days, that small inner circle, Howard's part of that inner circle. So he, he was a very important uh, cog in the wheel, not just the greatest ring announcer. Yeah. I, I heard someone going, oh, I don't know about maybe Gary Michael Capetta. I'm like, go fuck yourself with you, Gary that. Michael Capetta's. Okay, I love Gary Michael Capetta, but he was there at the time. I mean, they had a murderer's row, Joe McHugh, Howard yeah. Finkel, and Gary Michael Capetta. But you know who was the best of Joe McHugh, Gary Michael Capetta, and Howard Finkel? Howard, Howard Finkel. fucking Finkel, because he was in Madison Square. You know, here's my truth. Here's here's what I can say about Howard Finkel. I used to watch all the WWF shows that were on the MSG network. That was like an extra treat you got if you had cable in our area. Is like. They would black out some shows, but generally you, know, you got a free three hour fucking MSG show every oh, yeah. month. And it was great. And of course, you know, there wasn't always the best fucking card, but we'd watch it. But you know what you looked forward to every single time? And it was like the thing you pop for the most. Howard the point, announcing or uh, Howard announcing the next card. Yes. Or Howard announcing team. the next card. <laughs> Howard. And you know, Next month at Madison Square Garden, it'll be, you know, Hillbilly Jim versus, you know, teams up without Bag Jack versus the Conquistador. And it'd run through the whole thing and then get to the main event. And by that time, people are rushing to buy tickets. Me and Joey used to sit back and this is our favorite part of the show. Because some of those cards were fucking terrible. But that was always fun to watch Howard announce the next card. So, you know, rest in peace, Howard Finkel, because... That gave me and my buddy Joey more joy than a lot of things in wrestling. He was the greatest. He really was. So on that note, we'll let you guys go. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, you guys have a great uh, great quarantine. See you all later. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Texas Christmas to all. Merry Texas Christmas to all. May your days be sunny and 
happy and light. Merry Texas Christmas, you all. We have no jingle bells or sleigh to display on Christmas Day. There's not much snow down Texas way, but we sure mean it when we say a Merry Texas Christmas, you all. You all. Merry Texas Christmas, you all. You May your days be sunny and bright. May your hearts be happy and light. Merry Texas Christmas, you all, you all. If wishes only could come true, we'd wish that we could send to a gushing all well or two And say hi there and wishing you a merry Texas Christmas you all oh, San Antonio and Houston Merry Texas Christmas you all From Fort Worth and Dallas too May your days be sunny and bright May your hearts be happy and light Merry Texas Christmas you all I listen to a ton of podcasts, but not like am, am, not amateur podcasts that we do. All right. Hey, there's Joey. Hold on, I'm gonna watch this. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, Joey. Yeah, I'm gonna put you on speaker. Hold on. You there? Yeah. All right, Joey. I am right now. Me and my buddies just got done recording our our Worldcast podcast. Um, the, the one we do about war. No, no, hold on, hold on. Hey, shh. Hey, hey, hush, hush. Hold, hold, hold on. We're still recording. We just got done, but we're still recording. So I just put you on speaker. So I'm, this is going to be on the Patreon. Uh, you are the Wolfman. Everyone, everyone who's listened to anything we've done, I've mentioned Joey the Wolfman here. And so he's just going to say one thing. Pick what you want to say. And I'm putting this in the microphone. You got something wrestling, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's his favorite Iron Sheik. How do you feel? <laughs> Dude, hold on. Do David Schultz. Do David Schultz. What the hell is this? The Citadel? <laughs> uh, awesome, man. <laughs>